Good morning. This is the daily office morning prayer, right? Two. Today is March 15th. It is a Friday in Lent. Our readings today, it's an Ember Friday as well, which is a Friday for ministry. And, or, yeah, we'll leave it at that. It's a Friday for ministry. Sorry, folks, as I gather myself this morning. Our readings are um, Psalm 95 is the inventory psalm, Psalms 50 and 54, Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 22, Hebrews 4, 11 through 16, and John 3, 22 through 36. We're going to go back to using the Book of Common Prayer today. We'll start on page 76. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and repents of evil. Continuing with the Confession of Sin on page 79. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, to set forth his praise, to hear his holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship him, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Come, let us adore him. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and the dry land which his hands have formed. 
O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. O that today you would listen to His voice. Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as as on the day at Manasseh in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not regard my ways. Therefore in my anger I swore, they shall not enter my rest. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Come, let us adore him. Psalm 40 I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust who do not turn to the proud or those who go astray after false gods. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be counted. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Here I am. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O Lord, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. For evils have encompassed me without number. My iniquities have overtaken me until I cannot see. They are more than the hairs off my head, and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let all those be put to shame and confusion who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha! Aha! But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. Psalm 54 Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For the insolent have risen against me. The ruthless seek my life. They do not set God before them, but surely God is my my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil. 
and your faithfulness put an end to them. With the free will offering I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 22. So now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Only to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his decrees that I am commanding you today for your own well-being. Although heaven and the heaven of heavens belong to the Lord your God, the earth with all that is in it, yet the Lord set his heart in love on your ancestors alone and chose you, their descendants after them, out of all the peoples as it is today. Circumcise then the foreskin of your heart and do not be stubborn any longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who is not partial and takes no bribe, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and who loves the strangers, providing them with food and clothing. You shall also love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. Him alone you shall worship. To him you shall hold fast and by his name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things that your own eyes have seen. Your ancestors went down to Egypt seventy persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Canticle 14, found on page 90 of your Book of Common Prayer. O Lord and ruler of the hosts of heaven, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and of all their righteous offspring, you made the heavens and the earth with all their vast array. All things quake with fear at your presence. They tremble because of your power. But your merciful promise is beyond all measure. It surpasses all that our minds can fathom. O Lord, you are full of compassion, long-suffering, and abounding in mercy. You hold back your hand. You do not punish as we deserve. In your great goodness, Lord, you have promised forgiveness to sinners, that they may repent of their sin and be saved. And now, O Lord, I bend the knee of my heart and make my appeal, sure of your gracious goodness. I have sinned, O Lord, I have sinned, and I know my wickedness only too well. Therefore, I make this prayer to you. Forgive me, Lord, forgive me. Do not let me perish in my sin, nor condemn me to the depths of the earth. For you, O Lord, are the God of those who repent, and in me you will show forth your goodness. Unworthy as I am, you will save me, in accordance with your great mercy, and I will praise you without ceasing all the days of my life. For all the powers of heaven sing your praises, 
and yours is the glory of ages to ages. Amen. A reading from Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one may fall through such disobedience as theirs. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. Since then, we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Canticle 18, found on page 93 of your Book of Common Prayer. Splendor and honor and kingly power are yours by right, O Lord our God. For you created everything that is, and by your will they were created and have their being. And yours by right, O Lamb that was slain. For with your blood you have redeemed for God, from every family, language, people, and nation, a kingdom of priests to serve our God. And so, to him who sits upon the throne, and to Christ the Lamb, be worship and praise, dominion and splendor, forever and forevermore. The Holy Gospel of our Lord, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he spent some time there with them and baptized. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim because water was abundant there, and people kept coming and were being baptized. By, and were being baptized. John, of course, had not yet been thrown into prison. Now a discussion about purification arose between John's disciples and a Jew. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, the one who is with you across the Jordan, to whom you testified, here he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, No one can receive anything except what has been given from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. For this reason, my joy has been fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks about earthly things. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, yet no one accepts his testimony. 
Whoever has accepted his testimony has certified this, that God is true. He whom God has spent, he whom God has sent, speaks the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has placed all things in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever disobeys the Son will not see life, but must endure God's wrath. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let us use suffrages set B, beginning on page 98. Save your people, Lord, and bless your inheritance. Govern and uphold them, now and always. Day by day we bless you. We praise your name forever. Lord, keep us from all sin today. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy. Lord, show us your love and mercy, for we put our trust in you. And you, Lord, is our hope, and we shall never hope in vain. Almighty God, the giver of all good gifts, in your divine providence, you have appointed various orders in your church. Give your grace, we humbly pray, to all who are called to any office and ministry for your people, and so fill them with the truth of your doctrine and clothe them with holiness of life, that they may faithfully serve before you, to the glory of your great name and for the benefit of your holy church. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, you led your holy apostles to ordain ministers in every place. Grant that your church, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, may choose suitable persons for the ministry of word and sacrament, and may uphold them in their work for the extension of your kingdom. Through him who is the shepherd and bishop of our souls, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose Spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and, sanctif and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers 
which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, excuse me, Almighty God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan, come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know the weaknesses of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and occupations of our life we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you. For the honor of your name. Amen. So folks, a few thoughts on the scriptures today. In our Psalms, something that struck me is that this Psalm, which is attributed to David, he speaks about waiting patiently for the Lord. And (laughs) patience and perseverance have a lot to do um, with prayer and with God. I think there's another Psalm where he, he talks about waiting on God. And Lent is certainly one of those times. Lent is not like a fast-paced, jubilant time, although it's been quite busy for me um, lately in the workplace and at home. But a busy that feels kind of unappreciated and like it's unimportant. Like, quite frankly, I have this feeling often um, at work. What am I killing myself for? Like, my boss appreciates the work that I do, but it's not... It's not mission critical. At least it doesn't feel like it. And it's hard for me to be out of the action and in a supporting role. I suspect that the blessing that God wants me to glean from this is humility, right? I don't always have to be the center. The supporting role is equally essential. 
that everything we do when we do with God at the center is important to the great work of Christ in this world, even when we can't see it in the moment. So faithfully going about the daily business, even that which seems unimportant in the moment, with our sights fixed on God, we will eventually see the importance. And I guess maybe I should think about one of my favorite movies, It's a Wonderful Life. But man, my, my natural inclination is not to revel in this time. Um, although I am very thankful, I'm very thankful that I have a job and the job pays well and all of those things. I guess I digressed a bit, but as verse 6 of Psalm 40 that we read today says, God has given us an open ear, so Lord, thank you for letting me pour into your open ear the tumult in my human heart today. I offer this up to you as a Lenten sacrifice, and I ask that I... If it be your will, God, be granted insight into this season's efforts, my efforts in this season, and how they apply towards your universal Christ project and your great, great work on this earth. I'm reminded, too, of the last part of the Ignatian contemplation. Oh my goodness, what is it normally called? It's not called contemplation um, or reflection. It's the daily Ignatian introspection into it's it's a prayer oh my gosh what's it called uh this is driving me crazy hang on a second i'm gonna have to find it or actually i'll just keep going i think you guys will forgive me for losing the word i've been losing a lot of words lately which is a sign of stress i suppose so i lift that up to god as well but the closing prayer is god teach me to be generous Teach me to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for reward, save that of knowing I do your will. Amen. So maybe my prayer should be, Lord, help me to know that I do your will and to find fulfillment in that knowledge. Amen. Psalm 40 also talks about God's steadfast love and faithfulness keep me safe forever. I know you guys didn't hear it because I didn't record it, but my Wednesday night evening prayer, 
had a lot to do with true security being found only in the Lord and prayers for us, for me and for those I work with and, and pray with and live with, to find security in God and stop kind of thrashing about and wounding ourselves and others in the process of trying to grasp security for ourselves. So that psalm was timely for me. Um, our next psalm was Psalm 54. And this is another comforting psalm that God's justice will be done, that he will deliver us from our troubles. Even sometimes when the troubles of our own making, um, I had a long conversation with a mentor yesterday evening. And among other things, the message there was, the message for me particularly, it was a long conversation, was that um, I think he would put it as bluntly as I need to leave the past behind me and stop overthinking things. And I do kind of churn on events and things that are said and sometimes it makes trust difficult for me because if something that someone tells me doesn't line up today with what they've told me yesterday, then I'm inclined to disbelieve them instead of allowing them the grace and compassion to change and evolve from day to day. That what, what the belief is or what is expressed as someone's belief does not need to be intransmutable. <laughs> And it doesn't mean that it, it was untrue then or now. And I'm not talking about obvious lying. That's something entirely different. I'm talking about um, absolutes. That it doesn't have to be an absolute to be true and valid. And that in this case, too, another piece of the conversation, someone's perspective can be very different from mine. Um, I'm glad that I'm reading I Think You're Wrong, but I'm listening because there's a lot of that lately. Like, I am, quite frankly, I'm shocked at how little understanding there is for the hardships that minorities face and have faced throughout the history of our country and in our present. And while I am not calling the, those who, who see things differently than I do enemies, I am saying that Psalms like Psalm 54 give me faith that, that God, again back to God being the only source of true stability and security, God will keep me safe. It is, it's too much to ask any human in my life, whatever their role is, to be so steadfast that they are unchanging day to day in their perspective and opinion, even when that perspective and opinion directly impacts me. Only God is steadfast and unchanging. And when I'm looking to nail down an absolute in the opinion of another person, that's asking more from them than they're capable of. So if I find my security in God, then I'm much more able to have grace to allow others to evolve and change and grow and oh, 
even sometimes black backslide. I like, I can and should allow that from the people around me. And it's much easier when the rock of solid ground that my feet are set upon is that of God. This section of Deuteronomy, I want to mine this gem and wrap it up and hold it close to my heart. Verses 18 and 19, or I guess we should start back at 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who is not partial and takes no bribe, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and who loves the strangers, providing them food and clothing. You shall also love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. Him alone you shall worship. To him you shall hold fast, and by his name you shall swear. This is a time when we were in desperate need of God's justice. And so I'm just going to put hope and faith, take hope and faith from and put hope and faith in this verse that God's justice will be done. And I will also heed his command to love my neighbor, in this case, particularly loving the stranger as he loves them, as he loves me. And God willing, love even myself that way. I hold fast to God. And may God's power Enable me to release worry and embrace grace. Amen. May it be so for all of God's children, even those who perhaps don't know him by name yet. I don't think either that we can skip past, circumcise then the foreskin of your heart and do not be stubborn any longer, which is verse fix. Verse 16, it's very graphic, isn't it? What is meant here, at least according to my commentary, is to open oneself to God. No distinction is intended between mind, will, and emotion. The metaphorical formulation which challenges any attempt to reduce Deuteronomy to narrow legalism corresponds to prophetic ideals. May that indeed be so, that we know the meaning more than we know the letter and open our hearts to God. Amen. Sorry, I'm kind of going on a little bit long today. You can, of course, always skip me forward or stop listening completely. Coming to Hebrews, I am, I find comfort in this reminder that 
Christ, even in his perfection, experienced our imperfection. He lived as one of us and walked through all that we have walked through. And he, he is merciful and compassionate. And the justice that, that we are speaking of is not a return evil for evil kind of justice. It's not vengeful or retributive. It is only its sole purpose is to bring us closer to God. That's the definition of justice that, that I want to, to be foremost in our communities today. And, and to remember too that that God's justice and our justice are, are not necessarily one and the same, that we don't have to wreak justice. We don't have to wring out justice from life or for people. There are things that we can give up to God and sometimes we will see his justice done here on earth and sometimes we will have to wait for it to be revealed to us. But we can trust him for it completely and implicitly. Explicitly too, I guess. I'm not sure where I threw the implicitly in there. Um, in a way that, that we cannot trust anyone else. And that's not to say that people are not trustworthy. It's just to say that God is greater. Let's, let's give him the place. Give God the place that God deserves. And, and I think we take the warning of those who harden their hearts and turned away from God. I think we should take it well and, and gently here and not bow up and push back against it, that it's a reminder that there is, for lack of a more eloquent way to put it, a hard way to do things and a way that, though perhaps not easy, is certainly um, more joyous because the second way is walking with God and the first way is pushing against God. I believe that we all get to the place where we are intended to be spiritually. And I believe that even when we are walking in lockstep with God, fully within his will, sometimes it still sucks and hurts. But his way, God's way, is always the better way. There is always, as the Ignatians would say, consolation, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when it's painful. There is consolation and affirmation and comfort in the way of God. Maybe that's a, a clue for us with our discernment. Do we find comfort and consolation even when it is hard and scary and sucks? Our gospel reading this morning really personally for me at least and maybe for you too I, I certainly hope there is there's meaning for you in it as well but with all the turn that I kind of digressed into about not feeling um, quite fulfilled or appreciated in some of the work that I'm doing um, at least here on earth right that was part of the acknowledgement and prayer that there is that which I don't see and back to our Ignatian prayer that May I be complete and content in just knowing that I do God's will. 
which of course begs, begs the, um, the need for discernment to know that I am within God's will. And I guess I will just say I pray for that too and then kind of go into the gospel reading here. But look at the humility of John. You know, he was, I think we can safely say that he was pretty famous and people were flocking to him and there was, there was a, probably a great temptation there um, to be puffed up by this attention and, and power, but he was so humble. And when folks came to him and said, Hey, this other guy, he's like kind of trying to steal some of your spotlight over here. He's baptizing. He's doing, John gave all the glory to God. And so God, may we learn this lesson in humility that we are preparing the way in our world for God. We are preparing God's way. We are harbingers for Jesus. May we know how huge that is and may we give all the glory to God and not try to cling to any for ourselves. For more comes when we give more away. And working within God's will is indeed the greatest glory. Amen. Forgive me if I was even more disjointed than usual, kind of jumping all over the place. As I said, my, my mind's a little bit um, more like a sieve these days than usual. So um, perhaps if you're willing, pray for me in that. I think Lent can be that for us. It can be a time when we are inspired to collaborate with God in just shaking things up in our spiritual life internally. And it's, it's not comfortable and it feels lonely because it's a lot of introspection and deep looking into ourselves and seeing what needs to be pried and shaken loose and then working with God on doing it. I, I'm realizing that I'm not really fond of the word submit. And I know what it really means. And, and when I get through just my negative connotations, I'm good. But I'm going to speak this Lenten season, I think, more about cooperating with God and less about submitting to God. Because there is an action needed on my part. And yes, that can be included in submission, but I think it is easier for me to remember and understand and consciously and intentionally move forward when I talk about cooperating with God. So this Lenten season, I pray that we all cooperate with God in the transformation that God seeks in this particular season, this moment in time, in God's time for us to come to, for us to achieve, for us to accomplish. Amen. We continue with the general thanksgiving on page 101 of your Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. 
but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ. For the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And, we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in, working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church, and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.